Hey everyone, welcome to the Esports Next podcast. I am thrilled to be joining as the host for season three along with my co-hosts. We are going to be interviewing speakers, sponsors, and attendees of the Esports Trade Association Conference in Chicago. So if you're looking to understand who will be at the conference and what they're all about, tune in, come join us. Thank you for listening to Esports Next podcast, sponsored by EventPipe. EventPipe is a modern approach to event housing management. Their software helps you quickly and easily manage your event housing, allowing guests to choose from multiple hotels and room types. Wow your guests with the ease and simplicity of EventPipe. All right, welcome to another episode of the Esports Next podcast. It is my pleasure to be joined alongside Megan Van Petten, founder of the Esports Trade Association, to welcome JD Wu, who is the head of gaming and esports at the Switch, and just found out an Emmy Award winner. So that makes at least one Emmy Award winner on this call. Maybe more, cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I, I think Megan's been hiding one, but um, hiding one of those Emmys and is just kind of low key about it. But yeah, thanks for having me. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to be here and really appreciate you bringing me on for this. It's uh, really excited to talk esports with y'all. Absolutely. So I do want to hear about the Emmy a little later during our episode. But to start out, for those who don't know, the very few who don't know the significance and the capabilities of the Switch. Uh, why don't you help us understand what is the Switch and what is their role in esports? Yeah, uh, I can I can talk a good amount about that. I'll try to keep it concise. Um, but the Switch is pretty much um, the giant tool belt for um, productions uh, and media. So uh, the Switch operates alongside um, production companies, alongside publishers, alongside um, whatever it may be, pretty much in all of gaming and esports, whether it's cloud infrastructure, um, more on the enterprise side of things, or when it comes to events and productions for all of the big live shows, um, we'll do dedicated internet access, we'll do transmission, we'll do actual production, we'll be in the front row, we'll be on the stage. So any anything that lands within the realm of everything is pretty much what the Switch kind of does. Um, a lot of our bread and butter and a lot of what we really um, pride ourselves on is our global connectivity and our network. And we kind of leverage that big strength of ours um, through a lot of the different services that we provide. Yeah, that's amazing. I have a little bit of a background in production and, you know, one unique aspect of esports compared to other big events, especially traditional sports, is that connectivity component, right? And it can be the difference between an incredibly successful event and one that is either an entire flop or the outcome is greatly questioned by the competitors, right? And so what you guys bring to the table is not just crucial for the event, but also the integrity of the competition itself. Do I have that right? 
Yeah, that's uh, I mean, that's pretty much it. I when it comes to just competitive integrity, uh, whether it's, you know, an offline event or um, a kind of hybrid event. Um, that's very much, you know, one of the big focuses is that, you know, competitive integrity comes at the highest, is at the highest level of priority. Um, and then, of course, you know, when it comes to anything outside of that realm of just connectivity um, in a competitive environment, just being able to just get the broadcast out safely, that's also one of our big things. So, um, you know, it of course, it's awful when, you know, there's a issue with the server and something goes wrong and the competitive uh, uh, is kind of compromised uh, in a tournament, but it's also awful if no one can watch it at home. Um, so that those are the two uh, levels that we kind of focus on a lot. Love that. Well, one thing that is unique about your story, and it's not the Emmy yet, we're not getting into that yet. <laughs> Not everybody will know that although maybe you're behind the stage nowadays, you were formerly a League of Legends players player competing on that stage. Why don't you share a little bit about what that's like going from being the player to then working in the industry as a business professional? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's a little shocking as a player when you start to uh venture beyond the desk you're sitting behind when you're competing um because you just really start to understand how much people care and everyone cares um and how big of a scope everything is because when hmm. you know when I was a player you know I was a little ignorant I was young too so uh you know I'd show up I'd be like oh yeah there's a tournament going on you know someone just put this together and then yeah. um yeah I'll show up and I'll try to win um but um <laughs> you know as I stepped more and more uh, back from, you know, that kind of player position and into mm -hmm. support staff, into behind the camera, into the event space um, and production space, you really do get to understand how many hours that people are putting in, not during work hours as well, um, right. into these productions and into these events, just to kind of make a magical moment for people. And I think that that was... Uh, one of the most shocking things about kind of stepping out of the player position and into the business uh, area um, is just, yeah, it, the passion just continues, right? Your passion as a player, but then the passion is also in everybody involved in the process. Um, it's really awesome. And that, um, and that's why it doesn't surprise me or any of us that you've won an Emmy because when you can go from play to passion <laughs> and keep the passion happening and have a fruitful career that you love, it's, it's not as easy as it sounds. You don't see professional athletes making that transition. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how you got guided so seamlessly through that? Yeah. Um, so I was, I was a little lucky with kind of, you know, what I was passionate about before while I was, uh, aspiring to be a professional player. Cause I went to school for cinema. So I was definitely very much into video and capturing and storytelling in general. Um, so as I, you know, was juggling both as you do when you're a pro player, um, uh, I ended up in a pretty awesome position where, I can take my experience and knowledge um, from 
being good at the game and understanding the game and the mechanics and the timings of all these different things from a strategical point of view uh, in the games to um, in also my, um, I guess, my creative eye and visual storytelling. Uh, and then I kind of got an opportunity to uh, be a in-game camera uh, operator. Mm. So I was an observer for um, Riot Games. Uh, that's kind of how I started uh, and transitioned in. And um, really big shout out to the whole observer team at Riot. They're uh, really, really awesome people, um, really, really down to earth. And they really do care about the craft of what, you know, in-game observing is. Um so yeah, it, I kind of got that opportunity there and um, uh, just kind of stayed in that area. Anytime I had off, I would kind of hang around the studio, hang around the space. And, you know, if you hang around someone enough, they'll just tell you what they're doing. And you kind of do that in all the different positions and you stay after a couple of times. Someone will like kind of let you mess with some of the equipment and you just do that enough times you get some experience. And then I got given a really awesome opportunity to um, step in as a technical director um, and did uh, a lot of the technical direction for the amateur events for Riot and then kind of branched that and stepped up into different positions and then kind of took it from there and just kind of kept on going um, and then was just doing pretty much all of the Riot Games international stuff, all of LCS and the whole uh, shebang and that whole craziness. That's incredible. Um, when you were a pro player, did you have the perspective of I am paying attention to what I'm doing, what's going around me for my next stage of my career, or did your career end and you said, oh, I got to do something and yeah. here I am in, in, in this space? What was that like? I think um, that's actually that's a really good question, because yeah. I know that at least early on when I was um, pro, uh, there wasn't that much talk about what a future looks like for a pro player um i know that nowadays it's like a lot more talked about just because of how right. much legacy there is i guess with uh mm -hmm. esports nowadays um well and but... you're immortal as well right when you're in your your teens <laughs> yeah, your 20s, exactly i'm like you're i'm gonna, gonna forever be pro and, forever yeah and, and yeah. always be a pro gamer yeah yeah, yeah. i think about it i'll yeah. always be the best yeah that's that's what every pro gamer thinks um <laughs> but yeah during the you know during the first like three years of it, I was very just focused on being the best I possibly could at what I was doing. And then, you know, as you get older, and then you're like, okay, maybe I'm not the best. And maybe I'm not always going to be the best at what I do. Um, as a competitor, I was like, what other ways can I look to support my team? And then naturally, you just start looking outwardly. Um, and so I'm, I've always been very much a team player. So um, whatever can make anything better for anyone, I was very much about. So um, you start to look outwardly. So as I was, you know, transitioning and starting to take a step back and realizing I wasn't the best, I was like, what else can I do to help out my team? And it's, you know, doing uh, kind of like leading strategical meetings when it comes to, you know, post scrims and VOD reviews, stuff like that, and kind of taking a step back and looking at more of a support staff role. Um, and then naturally, you just kind of keep taking a step back and you're like, well, what if it, you know, what if my future uh, as being a support staff or a coach or an analyst for a team isn't necessarily my end game? Um, what does that look like? And then I kind of just keep looking at, you know, what 
cool thing I can do for the team and then just cool thing I can do for esports. And that kind of just, I think the passion of esports is pretty much that main driving factor where you just want to want to do something cool and want to do something that you'll uh, you'll make a cool moment for someone either watching it or just being a part of it. Yeah. I like that. Um, if you were to talk to a current player or you're talking to a kid who is pursuing a pro career, what advice would you give them for the second chapter of their career, which would be post competition? Yeah. Oh man. That's a really good question. Let's see. I could probably talk their ear off. Um, so I'm, I'll try to keep <laughs> Give this me a top three. Size. Give me a top yeah. three. <laughs> I would say um, be, you know, willing to work as hard as you were for your position as a pro player as you are transitioning out of it. I think that um, getting complacent and getting comfortable um, as you transition and just because of how good you are as a player doesn't necessarily translate to everything in life. That's something that, you know, I was very, um, as a, as a, I feel like when you're naturally good at things, you kind of are a little overconfident sometimes. So sure. I can just speaking from personal experience. So um, that's something that I would, I would 100%, you know, kind of give that advice is, you know, be humble and just kind of keep grinding and know what, know, try to tap into that energy that it took for you to go pro in whatever uh, esport you were competing in. Um, and then I would say leverage your connections. That would be another one. Um, mm. And then just be a really cool person and <laughs> do what you're happy about uh, or do, do things that make you happy and make you a good yeah. person outwardly. Um, I think that there's a lot of super talented people in esports and gaming yeah. um and the best way to kind of distinguish yourself outside of you know this massive talent pool of really 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 smart people and really really awesome people is to just be a really great person to be around and just be really that. genuine and i think that that's one of the best things that i think um i i was uh for sure um tapping into I was just, I like I just want to kind of create good experiences for people in general and I feel like a lot of the times when people get to know me long enough and then they'll just be honest about how they feel about me they'll just be like you know you're just a really nice person and I think that that to me is one of the biggest compliments yeah. you can get as anyone in a craft or anyone in a field where you're working together is to be a pleasant person to be around um so yeah, yeah 100% that. I agree with that so much. Um, I, when I talk to college classes, you know, and you know, how are you getting started your career and whatever, a lot of times I'll share guys, a lot of business comes down to, are you cool to hang out with? You know, because skills can be learned, experiences can be gained, but even the most skilled and experienced person, if they're a jerk, that yeah. gets tired really, really fast. In fact, MVP actually, she was in Toronto at a, a big conference this last, uh, weekend and she shared with me about somebody we won't say the name but this is a positive testimonial here but she said john i really encourage you to find ways to collaborate with this person or or, or deepen the relationship with the person because 
hanging out all weekend. This guy was great, held nice. it together, was others first. He mm -hmm. didn't do anything that required, you know, education or, you know, he does have those things, but just the fact that he's a great person to be around, mm -hmm. that goes a long, long way. It really does. Consistency, you know, yeah. that you're the same person in the morning at a conference while you're grabbing coffee to the last, you know, Good night, you know, see you tomorrow. That that I love consistency. I I mean, not that we're, you know, we're human. So we have our bad times and our bad days, but um, I think consistency is kind of an overrated um attribute in in someone. And um I can say, you know, I've worked in so many industries doing the same job. And this industry, or I should say this community. Of, of the professional athlete are the most mature human beings I've ever met. I don't know what it is about gamers. Maybe they start so young. The prof I'm talking about the professional players like yourself, JD. I don't know what it is. It's a very different group of, of attributes that I would say um, than any other athlete that I've worked with. But I think that's a great insight because yeah. at a young age, you're doing a lot of things and JD yeah. fill in the gaps here, but you're editing videos, mm -hmm. right? You're on a live camera mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. You're coordinating with others. A lot of times, like the most responsible guy, he's the one getting everybody to the tournament, registering everybody at the yeah. tournament, making sure people get paid, all these things. But um, yeah, go feel free to build on that. Yeah, I mean, you learned at a young age. That's that's pretty much it. Is um, it it does come from a place. I think they're like you know any kind of space. There's you know some good eggs. There's some bad eggs, and there's some uh, very diligent and on top of the people. And there's some people who are a little bit more chill and relax. And like no nothing wrong with that. But you kind of sure. create that dynamic within your team and. Um, when I was, when I was, uh, really, you know, in the, in the grind of, you know, uh, being a pro player, that was definitely one of the big things is, of that I kind of did. And I kind of took on is like a lot of the man managerial stuff, um, especially back in the wild west days where, you know, you didn't necessarily have the budget for like a manager or support staff to kind of back you up and mm -hmm. sign you up for all these different events and tournaments going on and all that and collecting player photos and all this stuff. So oftentimes, like I would just, I would be kind of playing manager for the team and um, mm -hmm. kind of just tracking all that stuff and getting it all together and just kind of, I hate to say babysitter, but sometimes, sometimes it felt like a babysitter uh, to a certain degree, but that, team that manager, a, team manager is the proper term. And we all know team manager. Team yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, I mean, first of all, like there's the joy of, you know, of the play, you know, there's mm -hmm. genuine joy. And I think when you are genuinely joyful, deep, there's a confidence that is I can't even find the word for. And yeah. I, I remember the very first professional um, gamer I met. He couldn't have looked more than 13 at the time. He was in a suit that he was so slight, but so tall. And mm. he shook my hand and introduced himself. And I was like, 
this is a very enterprising young man. As it turned out, he was around 22. He looked very, very, very and You're young. also, especially even as a streamer, you're engaging with, with companies as brands, right? You're a brand yes. ambassador. You're doing partnership deals. Multi-million dollar deals. Yes. And then it wasn't until he showed me his hands that I, mm-hmm. that I knew he had been through many moons <laughs> of maturity. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's um probably looked very young because he didn't have any sun damage to his skin. Um, <laughs> Maybe. That's one of the common traits. Uh, yeah, too busy screaming indoors all the time. So you don't get too much sun damage on your skin. Yeah. Well, he still I- has made an incredible contribution to our industry. He's mm-hmm. served on committees. He's, I believe, still a member. And uh, I've met some of the nicest people ever in this industry. It's such an honor to represent the Esports Trade Association. Wow. That's well, JD, awesome. I'd love to give you an opportunity to share um, who, two things I would ask. Number one is who are the right people to connect with you? You know, um, sometimes people will will hear like, oh, this big production company, um, mm-hmm. they do these amazing things, but it's helpful to understand who are the right people to reach out yeah. to, who can you help? And also, I'd love if you'd like to share, you know, what are the benefits that you've experienced as being part of the Esports Trade Association as well? Yeah, totally. Um, so I guess the people who would like really, I guess, benefit from interacting with us or just reaching out and seeing if we can maybe collaborate and get something going just to make esports really awesome um, is just any a tournament organizer. If you need help with anything, um, definitely the Switch has the capabilities and resources to help out with that. Um, and then even when it comes to a production company, so or event production company. So if they're trying to put on an event and they're trying to make sure they have, you know, proper access to internet, proper um, transmission and connectivity across the board, then that's something that we can totally help out with. Um, Game publishers uh, or even developers, if they're trying to just get some better visibility um, from a social media standpoint or a media standpoint, we help out with that. We have studios and stuff where we can do those kind of product launches or whatever. Um, so yeah, I guess anyone who's just interested in reaching out to the greater space through media is, is someone that could probably benefit from just having a conversation with us, whether it's just us talking through something and saying like, that sounds like an awesome idea. I think it'd be good to talk to these people that we know. That's uh, that's one of the you know, benefits that we have is that, you know, we're kind of across the all industries within media, whether it's sports, entertainment, gaming, esports, um, we're, we're pretty much all connected everywhere. So, um, yeah, that would be probably one of the, the pretty much anyone interested in media. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, when it comes to, you know, the awesome benefits of uh, ESTA and, you know, being able to connect with people is probably up there. That's, that's probably the number one, you know, benefit and uh, amazing feeling that I've gotten since, you know, interacting with y'all is, uh, it's just being able to connect and really grow some like real solid relationships um, that are just feel very organic and true. And I think just being able to connect on that level and uh, have the confidence in the people that you're talking with that, you know, it's a very genuine conversation of your real conversation. And you really are connecting just beyond, you know, a business opportunity or whatever it is. 
Um, and I think that that's like really important in the space because um, ultimately we all got to have each other's backs um, because it's uh, it's a very big space and it's growing very fast. Um, and if we don't have our backs, uh, I don't know who will. <laughs> There's Absolutely. actually more business than probably providers can handle. Yes. And competition should really be collaboration because there's just so much opportunity for great businesses and great people. Well, I think that it speaks to just the, the quality of our members, you yeah. know, is that um, I think what you're saying just validates really the people who are focused on supporting others in the community. And I, I think one thing I've really enjoyed about our association is simply people with an others first mentality, you know, yes. um, to spend the time, the resources to become a member um, and to not just seek for your own business, which everybody should, of course, sure. but have, you know, it, it's been wonderful to see a community come together who is as interested in other people's interests mm -hmm. as our own or as their own. Um, I think we've strung people along long enough with the vague <laughs> Emmy mentions here that we okay. need to understand how your incredible storytelling skills um, as a gamer um, have well deserved this award. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll preface this with me saying that I'm, I, I try to be as humble as I can, almost to a fault. So, um, yeah, this was for the 2019 uh, League of Legends World Championships. It was a, it was an Emmy uh, for, you know, a front row position in the control room. Um, and it was just a very big collaborative effort. I mean, the team is massive and the amount of hours total from all the human beings involved in that whole production was massive. Um, and I was lucky enough to be uh, as one of the people that got uh, given an Emmy um, out of the big giant team that it is. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a, it was a big process that um, world championship and it was really awesome to be a part of, and I'm really grateful. Um, but yeah, it was a massive endeavor and um, I was uh, playing the technical director uh, role for that show. And um, so pretty much the visual storytelling aspect of it and then also the responsibility of managing a lot of the technical um uh facilities that kind of went on air um and yeah just ensuring that the visual storytelling was matching the stories that were happening on the stage and happening around the stage um and that's that's pretty much it it's uh there's I could be saying a lot of things about it, but I don't want to talk too much about, you know, all the work that a lot of other people were a part of. But um, sure. yeah, very grateful to be a part of that project. It was a really, really cool one. Mm. Well, now it makes a lot of sense when we first met and you said, don't look me in the eyes. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, he won an Emmy. Now I get it. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, JD for our audience is uh, far more humble than than he needs to be. Um, have you experienced anything in your work or the response to your work or since winning the Emmy, kind of like the result of earning an award, a lot of times, you know, an Emmy is such a well-known mm -hmm. 
incredible award that when people have, not everybody has won one. Uh, MVP probably, I think we confirmed has one, but I do not. Um, <laughs> so share a little bit about like what that has been like, that experience. Yeah, I I think um, the the difference between pre-MME and post-MME is there's really not much of a difference um, when it comes to, you know, uh, how I go about a, a project or how I go about any kind of work. Um, and it's pretty much, I, I, I don't, I don't mean to be cheesy, but I can't help myself. Um, mm -hmm. it, it pretty much is just me just trying to do something that's really cool and be a part of something that's really cool and whatever it kind of takes to deliver on that awesomeness that, you know, ultimately a viewer would experience or a player would experience, then so be it, you know? Um, yeah. and that's pretty, pretty much, you know, what kind of drives me for uh how i do uh my work and how i kind of go through a project um and i guess externally um i think that there's like there is a level of recognition that you kind of get um when you when you get an award which is great um for someone like me because i don't try to i i am humble to a fault so having some sort of recognition externally that um, doesn't involve me talking about myself is awesome. Um, so it does help me kind of branch out and um, kind of uh, help out with my credibility, um, you know, when I'm giving feedback or whatever. Um, but yeah, that I would say that's pretty much, you know, it. When, when there's that much success at an early age, I think it's so cool. Um, because there's these ladders of achievement we make. Even if you look at like the Maslow hierarchy, it's like one step takes it to the other and takes it to the other. And I've been really present to this industry, this generation, um, the next generation of hope that you know we're all working for the world to be a better place. That's truly what I'm witness to because you're, you're achieving and then boom, it really does bring you to giving back. Um, cause once you've made it, it's just that natural progression and that I'm so, um, witness of you. And, uh, so what's Thank you. ahead for you? What's next? I mean, we get that yeah. you're making a huge contribution at switch. You're giving back to the association. What else mm -hmm. do you have going? Um, honestly, it's, uh, I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, being able to give people the opportunity and the exposure to things that they wouldn't necessarily have. So, um, mm -hmm. being able to talk to students, being able to talk to anyone who's interested in esports and gaming, whether it's as a player or whether it's something, you know, outside of that. Um, as we know, like, you know, people in esports and gaming, you kind of wear a lot of different hats at different times of your, um, uh, different times of your life during a project or whatever. Um, so we all have a decent amount of exposure to, you know, the different pieces of the puzzle. Um, but yeah, giving, giving, you know, back to people who are interested, people who are passionate, that is by far, you know, one of the biggest things for me. So being able to speak to students, being able to speak to um, the very passionate um, players out there who are like looking to do something because they just care about it so much. Um, being able to guide them um, and give them any advice on trying to get um, a, a leg up on things 
so they don't have to necessarily go through um, any of the learning struggles or just kind of like expected failures that you kind of hit when you're uh, on a path to building out a career or building out, you know, um, working towards so something through your passion. You should, um, on Wednesday, the day after our conference, we do a trip to the Northwestern Children's Hospital. And okay. You should consider coming because we ask, you know, professional athletes that kids would know and they get to meet some of their hero athletes. Um, it's a wonderful opportunity. So if you'd like bring to your Emmy. That, pardon me. Yeah. Yeah, bring your Emmy. <laughs> That's a great idea. Emmy. Oh, John no. wants to see it and bring your pen for your autograph for John. John's panning <laughs> okay. out. All right. Fair enough. So I don't I don't know if I can your bobble head that you got. You got a bobble head? <laughs> I feel like that beats an Emmy. Hold up. <laughs> Do you know what was funny when we surprised him? Let me tell you what's ridiculous about this. So first of all, what kind of narcissist has two bobbleheads of himself? <laughs> oh, two. Okay. <laughs> I uh, should mention, I did not give myself either of these. So what was so funny um, for my birthday last year, a friend gave me like a skateboarding John bobblehead. Uh -huh. And I thought that was hilarious and ridiculous. And I was like, okay, unbeknownst to me at our conference last year, I'm, I'm, I'm called to the stage and our ESDA team is like, John, we have a gift for you to unwrap like in front of everybody. At the podium. Uh -huh. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and it is... ESTA John. <laughs> That's great. And I so uh, I was dying laughing because nobody knew I had this other one, mm -hmm. which I thought was hilarious and ridiculous. And I'm like, what kind of jerks got two of them? <laughs> no, I, I, I love it. I love the quote on the skateboarding one too, the YOLO, you know? That's a great one. Great quote. So me and my friend, uh, we say YOLO to each other in ironic ways. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, they got me on that one. <laughs> I love it. The team did such a good job uh, at having that bobblehead made. He was actually wearing the same outfit as the bobblehead. Oh. <laughs> is there any documentation or picture there or is. video of this? David's I, I need to see it. It's, it's out there. hilarious. There's a picture so of him at the step and repeat with the same outfit that he's wearing when he opened the, I was just, <laughs> oh, no. JD, you're going to have such That's a good great. time. The conference is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I can't wait. It's going to be, it's going to be great. Also, I like, I feel like it's been a little bit since I, I've kind of caught up with a lot of people and this is going to yeah. be a great opportunity to catch up with all the friends and new friends I'm going to be making. 100%. Well, I would tell anybody who is listening, um, you know, whether you have uh, production broadcasting questions with the switch, or whether you're just interested to hear an amazing um, life experience from um, a pro gamer, um, definitely make sure that you come and you connect with JD personally at our conference. Uh, before we let you go, JD, why don't you help people understand how to connect with you and the switch in the ways that you would like them to? Um. You know what? Just reach out to me personally on LinkedIn. Just send me a message and we'll get the chat. And, and then from there, we can take it offline or through phone or whatever you need to do. 
but uh, just reach out to me on LinkedIn and I'll uh, respond as soon as I can. If I'm not traveling to Chicago, um, I will respond. That sounds great. Well, on behalf of Megan um, and I, thank you so much for your time, um, not just on this uh, podcast episode, but also in all the different ways that you contribute to our industry. Um, and like I said, you want to meet JD, um, come out to the conference. We look forward to seeing everybody. So thank you for joining us today. Yep. Thanks, y'all. <laughs>